What I like slightly more than CVS is a CVS with a self-serve checkout because then I can just serve myself and check out. And then I realized that the navigation thingy is just saying, continue to root, continue to root. I don't know where the root is. You know where the root is. You're the phone. Welcome to the bitterest pill. My name is Dan Class. I am uh, recording here in my garage under the flight path at Los Angeles International Airport. Uh, this, uh, you know, I, I think this is episode number three thirty-nine. I'm recording this on October. This is for prosperity. 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 Is that the word? I don't really give much thought to prosperity. Posterity. No, it's pro posterity. Posterity. It's October 16th. Can you tell I had no intention whatsoever saying that word posterity or prosperity? Trust me, Dan Class to use to refer to himself in the third person uh, has no knowledge whatsoever of prosperity and very, very little awareness of No, I don't remember what the other word was. We're going to talk about that, though, actually at great length later on. We're going to talk about a few other things first. But then we're going to talk about uh, 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 keeping things for the sake of pros... What's that word? <laughs> it's such a useful word for today's discussion, and I can't think of it because I thought of prosperity, and now prosperity is over... I'm getting old. Listen, I've been I've been at this since 2004. The, the anniversary of the program is coming up on November uh, 3rd, I think it is. I used to think it was the 4th, but it's actually the 3rd. And the anniversary is coming up again, and I don't even remember. But it's, I've been recording these since 2004, and it's now... So that'll be the 11th... The end of the 11th, it'll be 11 years old. Is that true? Yeah. You'd think by now I would know... What was it I was going to say that I didn't even know how to do? Oh, that that was my point. I'm getting old. Look, I'm getting old. Okay. And um, the systems are just, are definitely starting to fail me. The intellectual slash cranial uh, bring up trivia and information and thoughts and words system is just going downhill quickly. I, uh, when I was young, you know, when you're young, especially when you're in your late, let's say late 20s, late 20s, early 30s or whatever, you're Mr. Rat-a-tat-tat. You've got all the old references, right? All the things from your childhood, all those wacky things you did in college, the names of every band and every bass player and every band. You got it all right there at your fingertips. And now people ask me the name of my next door neighbor and I'm like, okay, hold on. Okay, I got this. Hold on. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it because it's right. I got... Oh, shit. Uh, you want the guy, right? Because he's married. Hold on. He's got in his wife's name. No. He lives next door. Can't we just refer to him as the guy next door? And then later on when I remember, later on when I'm trying to remember some other fact and his name pops into my, can't we discuss him with name then and now just like, you know, uh, next door? I think um, I'm still adjusting the levels here. Please excuse me. I've never done this before. Oh, that's something else we can talk about. Um, I just thought of something else we can talk about. Okay, we definitely have an hour's worth of stuff to get through. Okay, my friend, 
Um, I, maybe, maybe. Okay, so last the last the last episode we talked about how I passed out almost. Remember that? That's the thing that we don't talk to with talk to the kids about, right? Okay. It could be that that's actually something I do now. And I, I'm thinking, I'm trying to remember, see, see, I've alienated so many listeners over the last 11 years. I don't even know if I have any doctors left listening. I used to have, I used to have a quite an array. And honestly, through listeners only, I had some really top shelf people. I had anesthesiologist, like a, a super, like, what do you call like a, like super eye guy? Super eye doctor slash surgeon guy. What do you call those guys? Ophthalmologist? Not an optician. It goes optician, optometrist, and then maybe ophthalmologist. This is like, op, right? Okay. Plus, plus. I had at least one shrink. I think she, I think I scared her away with my, uh, see what I mean? Not my Stockholm syndrome, my uh, transference. I think she's gone. So now I don't have a shrink. I don't have an eye guy. I don't have an, uh, someone to put me under. And I need a pass out guy. I need a pass out when I say guy. I mean, what, two of those three doctors I just mentioned were women. So I'm using the guy in kind of the non-gender specific way. And I know we can't do that. We need to come up with, uh, I know, the tangent. No, we can't go on this tangent now. The gender neutral pronoun tangent. We can't do this now. I got to stay focused. Okay, what were we talking about? I pass out now. So the other day, was it the same day as the migraine? Boy, that was quite a day. I think, yeah, I think it was this. So, so, you know, I got to think of something to make for dinner every night, right? So at some point in the afternoon, I text my wife, Melissa, and I say to Melissa, you know, honey, hey, by the way, just FYI, I got this done. I got this done. What should we do for dinner? I think I'll make hamburgers. Uh, I have a migraine. And she's like, oh, sorry to hear about your migraine. Burger sounds great. Whatever. So I take my migraine medicine and, um, you know, I get jacked up on that. And then I go about my day doing whatever I'm doing or not doing or trying to do or trying not to do. And so I'm driving to school to get Hudson. Now, he live, he uh, goes to school up in Santa Monica, right? So, so I'm driving up to Santa Monica now. One thing I noticed all that day and, and the day before and, and right now, doctor, is, and listen, if your spouse is a doctor and you're not playing this for your spouse, it's on your hands. That's all I'm saying. That's all. That's okay. I'm putting this on you. I do seem to have, um, doctor, numbness in my fingertips of my right hand. Does that, does that mean I'm having a heart attack as, as I say these words? That's pain. That's pain, excuse me, a little into the, too hard into the microphone. That, that's pain in the arm, right? That's, that's left arm pain. This is right finger numbness, which probably means I'm not having an, maybe I'm having an aneurysm or something. I don't know. But all I know is that day, the day I had the migraine, and, and for me, as you know, migraine's really not that uh, exciting. Not that newsworthy, not that anything. So I, um, I decide I have a couple of minutes and I should get another Diet Coke because I'm starting to worry about my migraine. And on the way to Hudson School is a CVS drugstore. I don't know if you have CVS. We have CVS 
CVS stands for, I looked this up one day because I was like, I can't figure out what CVS stands for. It's something like really sexy, <laughs> like customer value service. Customer value store, customer value store service. I don't have internet access in here, I would tell you. CVS, I don't know. I don't know. Who cares, right? The CVS, that's where you go. CVS. I hate it, but I seem to go there fairly regularly. Apparently, not a bad place to get a Diet Coke because Diet Coke and Sprite and all those Coca-Cola things, right? The, the price kept going up. And it started to bug me that it was two bucks to get a Diet Coke at a CVS. And then Coca-Cola must be reading my dying brain because recently I noticed that they started making these smaller cans. They make, and, and no, let me rephrase that. So they started making small cans. You know, like the really small ones, the ones that you're like, I'm a giant, you know, that size. Now, my mom gets those and those are great because those are great if you have portion control issues like I do. So I always thought it was fun. And every once in a while I would get those and then I would kind of, I'd go from the little can to then they have little bottles and then I'd go back up to the full size bottle. Not the little liter bottle, the full, what I would consider a full size one serving Let's not nitpick. I don't have number. Listen, I don't have fluid ounce readings for you. I just am trying to have a conversation. While you're driving around town or doing your shopping or whatever you're doing, I'm just trying to relate to you the banalities of my life to make you feel better about the fact that you have made good decisions. You are a smart and healthy person that got on a career path that was suitable for a normal, sane American. And you went to work every day and you had weekends off and you went tailgating. You know, you and your spouse probably thought about buying a boat there for a while. And then you thought, nah, we're not really, are we really going to use a boat? We'll just go on Dave's boat. And so every once in a while you go on Dave's boat and you're so happy when you go out on Dave's boat, but then you're also kind of happy that you don't have to like scrape the barnacles off your own boat, right? It worked out perfectly. You are a genius. I am a man who drives all over Santa Monica as I thought I wanted to be on a sitcom. And now we're broke because our kids go to private school. I can't keep up with the rich people. You know who goes to my son's school now, Tangent, is um, the villain from an upcoming spy movie. Yeah, that guy goes, I can't keep up with him. I can't, I can't keep, I can't keep up with him. With Goldfinger, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm no one. I'm no one. I'm no, trust me, I'm no one. Again, we're getting to that. Because this is all I am now. I am a guy who really needs... So, okay, so Diet Coke. All right. They came out with those smaller cans, the short, tiny little... You feel like a giant cans. And then... And I didn't... I don't even know when this happened. I don't even know if you... I don't think you can buy these at a grocery store, which is what they're, makes them so fascinating. I've only ever seen them at gas stations. I know. And drug stores. I know. They're tall and thin. They're thinner than a regular, you know how a regular can is regular can size and regular can size for soda, for pop, hasn't changed since we were kids. Now they took the pull tab off and they made the pop top or whatever they call, do we even call it a pop top anymore? We don't even call it that. It's just the way it works now, right? Remember the pull tabs, old man? But they never changed the size. The size has been a standard size. Even when they went to aluminum, the size I don't think changed. And then they made these tiny cans, which is like, oh, look, it's a miniature. It was sort of like the same proportions as a normal can, but just it's been in a shrink ray. Now Coca-Cola products come in a tall, thinner can, and it's only 99 cents at CVS. 
So I, that's my plan. My plan is I got to, you know, I got to feed the monkey that is my migraine. I'm going to go into CVS. I've got a couple minutes. I got to get him at like, listen, I don't have that long. I admit it. I'm supposed to pick him up at 2.30 or no, no, 3.30. He was getting out. It's a, it was a weird day. He was taking a PSAT. Usually I get my daughter at 3.30. I had to get him at 3.30 and then race to get my daughter because I was going to pick her up late and blah, blah, blah. Right. So it's kind of, a, it's already a weird day. And I go into CVS and for some, so I go into CVS. Now CVS is in this plaza, like I say, near his school. The parking lot's always busy because right next to the CVS is a very popular, I've never been in there, Japanese, I don't know, supermarket or something? Is that such, is there a thing? A Japanese, what's it called? Like Mitsuzito? I don't know what it's called. It's called Mitsuzito. I don't know what it's called. It's called Mitsuzito. Okay. Very crowded parking lot, but I do find a place to park right kind of near the entrance of the uh, CVS. So I check out a few Japanese girls and I go in. Now, as I walk in, I always do this when I go to CVS. I look around and I see if they have self-serve checkout. Because like I said, I don't really prefer CVS. I prefer being at home on my sofa watching Netflix alone in a quiet house. Maybe everyone's asleep and they just leave me alone and I can watch some Netflix that never happens. That's that's what I like. What I don't like is CVS. What I like slightly more than CVS is a CVS with a self-serve checkout because then I can just serve myself and check out. This one is the one I always forget does not have self-serve, which means that there is some sort of octogenarian typically running the cash register and a line of people unnecessarily long and I so sure enough I go I look no checkout by yourself only check out ox to ox to ox ox to ah, old people and I say to myself uh now as I say to myself uh like uh I can't believe I'm gonna have to wait in that line to get a dollar Diet Coke, like, can't they just put machines outside? That feeling starts to come over me where my lips start to tingle and the fingertips of both my hands are starting to tingle and I feel everything getting smaller around me. And so I slow down to measure it. And I was going to take a hard right to go over to the Diet Coke skinny can area, but instead I walk straight towards the pharmacy because I see the pharmacy and I know that there are people there that at least are pharmacists and they have chairs. So I sit down in one of the chairs and I guess these chairs are so if you're really having a hard time while you're waiting for your prescription, you can sit in a chair. So I sit in one of these chairs and, and I must say of all the things that I hate about myself, one thing, and, and, and there are very few things that I'm proud of, but one of the things that I am actually proud of is apparently your, your humble narrator, uh, Dan Class, is not bad in these situations because once again, I, I and again, I'm pretty sure I'm passing out in CVS. Now, the last time I felt this way, I stripped down to my boxer briefs. Okay? 
So part of my brain is weighing the options of how smart it is to start stripping down to my boxer briefs. But I don't feel that like hot panic come over me just yet. I'm not there. I'm not there. So I sit down and I actually have the wherewithal to type my my wife a text message. And the text message says, if you do not hear from me in the next five minutes, I have passed out at the CVS on the corner of Venice and Sentinella. Now, my wife works an hour plus drive away. So she can't leave her office and come make sure I'm okay. She is in Irvine or Coast, where is she? Costa Mesa? She's 60, well, 50. I listen, I don't know how far it is. It's like 45 or 50 miles. Okay, let's, we keep getting hung up on the numbers. Let's not do that. Let's focus on the fact that I have just scared the crap out of my wife who is an hour away. So she keeps telling me to lay down. Now, that was her thing before. Before when I was feeling faint, she was, all she could focus on was me laying down. She Because she see, she doesn't care that I'm at CVS. She doesn't care that I don't want to lay down at CVS. She doesn't care. She doesn't know, right? I sat down in the middle of three empty pharmacy chairs, and now one of them is being occupied by a what like a five-year-old kid who's being dosed with sugar by his mother as his sister runs crazy around and starts dicking around with the blood pressure machine. So I text my wife, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'll let you know. I'll I'll keep in touch. I'll text everyone. Then she calls me. Now listen, I love my wife, but if I wanted to talk to her on the phone, I would have called her. I don't want to talk to, I, I want to relax and not pass out in CVS at the corner of Venice and, and Sentinella. Next to the Japanese <sighs> supermarket. Now, eventually I decide, because I, I sit there and I think, you know, should I? I really do want this Diet Coke. Now, why I think I need a Diet Coke at this point, I, I don't know. I think it's just because I keep relating, uh, passing out to sleeping. And I am relating uh, feeling faint to not needing to eat because I've been hypoglycemic for 25 years or whatever it is. So I just get it in my head. I need a Diet Coke and some of those really kind of like inorganic tasting peanut butter cookies. You know what I'm, you know, you know you know, grandma's peanut butter cookies, they don't really taste like cookies. I don't know what they, they taste like FDA approved edible rubber, but there's something very, uh, I almost said satisfying. And that is so not the word, a uh, reassuring about that comforting, I guess, in some weird sort of way. Now, when I worked at Universal Studios in the uh, late eighties, I maybe early nineties or something, um, my first job in what was then called the 480 building, probably still is, it's the production building. Down, so I worked on like, I think it was the third floor, but then down a couple floors was this place where like construction guys and teamsters and whatnot had their snack room, or maybe it was the guys that worked in the construction, uh, you know, building sets and props and all that stuff. But there were machines down there, you know what I mean? Snack machines. In an old school, do you remember coffee machines? Do you remember before Starbucks, coffee was like a dime or something? And people, if they wanted coffee, would go to a machine 
and put in a couple of quarters and it said coffee on the outside and you'd push one button for black and one button if you wanted cream and that was it. That was coffee. In the late 80s, that was coffee. Go downstairs and get some coffee. So I would go down there every once in a while and I'd learn my lesson because one day I got a couple of cups of coffee down there and I freaked out because it was too much caffeine. So then I switched over to grandma's peanut butter cookies. And there's something about them that they've always, right, that kind of medicinal kind of peanut buttery taste. And really what it is, is my grandmother was a lunch lady at a public, I think, grade school in uh, Fontana, California, or San Bernardino, California. And my grandmother would make me chocolate chip cookies. Real big fork print, massive, the, the best. I, they will never be beat no matter who you are. It doesn't matter. The, the emotional trench has been dug. Best peanut butter cookies died with her in 1976. My grandmother, Grandma Isla, the lunch lady. So I'm sitting in the chair wondering if I should, should I wave over one of the pharmacists and say, hi, listen, I'm having some sort of medical issue. Please do not call an ambulance because that already cost me about $1,000 from two weeks ago. Do not call anyone. Do please just, if you could go to the other side of the store, get me one of those, you know, you know, how Coke has, Coke comes in tall, skinny cans now. Did you know that? If you could just go over there. And get me a tall, skinny Diet Coke, not a regular Coke, because that'll kill me. It's too much sugar. You got to get a Diet Coke and a package of Grandma's peanut butter right there on an end cap. I think it's aisle four. Please. Yes, I know I'm eating chocolate chip cookies and Diet Coke. It's for the sugar. I can't have the... It's not a diet. Please, just can you get it for me? And don't call an ambulance. I know I seem irrational. I'm fine. Just do this. But I, do, I, don't, I don't have it in me to do it. I don't have it in me. And then I see kind of a nice-looking young woman who's kind of bebopping around, who kind of, she kind of goes in and out of the pharmacy. Maybe she's a manager at the CVS or something. I'm thinking, well, I bet I could talk her into getting me a Diet Coke and a thing of cookies. But she's moving too fast. So then I see there's this big kind of cheery-looking black guy, African-American gentleman. Gentleman, gentleman of potentially, who knows, we're not sure, African ancestry. Does what's his name still listen to this show? I'm so see, I can't remember anything anymore. You know, my friend, the computer guy, do you still listen to this show? Can I just call? Can I just say it's too confusing because I know black guys that aren't from Africa. Do you understand? Like, I okay, it gets right. It gets very complicated here in Los Angeles. There are people here from all over the world to assume that someone's an African-American is, is presumptuous. There was a large African-looking and yet American-looking young man. He looked, basically, he looked large enough where he could have easily carried me to the other side of the store. So I was thinking if I asked him and he didn't want to go and get it for me, because that would be kind of weird for me to ask him, because he clearly doesn't work there. But me and I could say, listen, man, I'm having this thing. 
I know this sounds weird, but I'm going to go over there and get a Diet Coke and some peanut butter cookies. Could you just walk me over there like you're a Boy Scout and I'm a little old lady? And that way, if I fall in the middle of the street, you can catch me. But whatever, seriously, don't call an ambulance. So I, I chicken out. I don't do it. I just wait. I wait until I think I feel better. And then I slowly rise like, like somebody in a seance. And I very calmly, because I'm trying to look not cool, but like normal. I'm trying to stand up straight and not look, right? Because I'm at that age now where I always want to look young and healthy, even though I'm clearly not. So I do go get, I get my thing. I get my tall, skinny Diet Coke. I get my peanut butter cookies to be really like to, because now I'm trying to convince myself that I don't feel bad. So I even get a Sprite for my son. Because I know I'm going to see him in a couple minutes. Because I'm fine. I'm going to drive over there. It's not a big deal. So I'll, I'll get a Sprite for Hudson. Now, luckily, the the cashier, the whole line, like when I when I walked in there, there were eight or ten people in line. Apparently, I've been in the CVS thinking about who to ask to get me a Diet Coke for long enough. All those people are gone. The 80-year-old woman is now on a break. There's no line at CVS. I don't know what happened. It was like a miracle. I walk straight up to the register. This cute little brunette girl rings me up. I think she was from the Soviet Union or Mexico. I was a little blurry. And then I go out and I sit in my car and I eat two cookies and I drink half the Diet Coke and I f- my stomach feels like crap, but my head at least has kind of come around. And it's better to have a stomachache than to think you're going to black out. Trust me. So now I really do need to start Googling. Um, I need to start Googling all these symptoms. Or I need to go to the doctor. I need to go to the doctor and go, hey, listen, Ron, I may, am I dying? Like, what's happening? I'm not getting super paranoid about it, actually. But it is kind of weird that uh, I do actually get a decent amount of exercise and I think I'm getting enough sleep and yet my hands are tingling. That just doesn't sound right. Is that right? That doesn't sound right. Because it sounds like a circulation problem and I don't think there's anything wrong with my right actually i think my fingers i think my thumb is kind of numb because i use my phone too much do you ever have phone thumb numbness i i do constantly so i'll tell you this very briefly well first of all everything everything keeps breaking here our our internet was out yesterday and the day before two days of internet i felt like i was living in a cave we had to, so my daughter can cuz everything i mean do you realize everything you do now it relies on the internet our phone our cable tv our access to the outside world our e- everything everything is the internet and it's, it's not just me like my wife comes home she has to do work my kids come home there all their homework is online all the research is online they're downloading the homework they're doing the homework they're uploading it's all everything everything screeching halt for two days and that's really not that bad a thing except when you have to call whoever and I'm not going to do an hour-long customer service podcast I've done those if you need a list of links uh, trust me someone Dave Jackson or somebody can I think he once started compiling links of bad uh, customer service podcasts I swear to God he's got a whole ask Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting but 
but I've decided I no longer want customer service people to be polite. I want them to just get shit done. The woman on the phone was just so busy reading from the script and apologizing for things and explaining things to me in gross detail. I don't care. Just tell me if the well, I'm very I'm very sorry that this is happening to you today, sir. And please uh, uh, accept my thanks for on behalf of AT&T and just shut up and flip whatever switch you need to flip or get the guy out here. I called and literally was like, a guy was here yesterday. He said I need an appointment to get a new router. Okay, I'm on the phone for 35 minutes making an appointment for a guy to drive literally a quarter of a mile. It's LA. The AT&T place is at the bottom of our hill. But I have to be on the phone for 35 minutes while this woman thanks me and, and apologizes. Enough. Something in the microwave broke. What else have I been... I've been fixing everything. The sprinkler... The timer on the sprinkler apparently has been dead for several days. I didn't even notice until I realized that all the grass in the backyard is dead. How is it that the grass in the front yard is not dead, but the grass in the backyard is dead? How is that? Was the timer half broken? Why is why is everything breaking? The puck lights in the kitchen, they're still broken. The contractor won't call us back. Why would he? We're calling back going, hey, could you fix something that you put in 10 years ago? But what really, and, and I'm going to try not to dwell on this. Well, I don't know. You know, you never know, right? Um, my son is on the school robotics team. And so they had a friendly meet a couple of weekends ago in, um, Placentia. Now that's, first of all, that's a very weird name for a town, Placentia. Because, you know, everyone from all the surrounding towns doesn't call it Placentia, right? Where do you live? Placenta. Right? That's the every day. They must hear that every day. Why isn't somebody taking a petition around to call it something else? So, so Hudson got a ride to the friendly, but the idea was I was going to go and pick the guys up from the friendly out in Placentia. And so, um, so that was the thing. So I, how, how did it even begin where I had kind of, kind of a general idea Basically, whenever I have to go anyplace now, because it's not like the old days now, I don't even remember how we used to find each other's homes in high school. I do not know. I think everybody just knew the name of every development and every street or something. We we found everybody's house. We never used a map. We never used Google. We never used Maps app on the phone. We never used nothing. And yet we were able to find each other. And then when you're in New York... It's a grid. New York City, Manhattan. It's a pretty much a grid, except that you go down to the village and then you're screwed. But but most of Manhattan is just a grid. So if you know, well, it's on such and such an avenue between this street and that street, you're, you're fine. You just keep walking until you find the number. In California, when I first moved here, there was this thing called the Thomas Brothers Guide. Do you remember? Are you from? Have you been? Were you there? Do you remember the Thomas Brothers Guide? It was a two-inch thick book of maps. And you would look up in the back the address that you were trying to find, and then it would say, well, it's on map number 49 at B3. And you played this massive map-based game of address bingo. And then that's how you figured out where you were going. And then you had to kind of look through all the different pages to figure out a route for yourself. Now you just tell your phone, hey, phone, 
We're going to Placentia. We're going to Valencia High School, which is not in Valencia. It's in Placentia. So don't take me to Valencia. Take me to Placentia, but the high school is called Valencia. Okay? Valencia is in the other direction. I don't even know why they're calling. I mean, are they hoping to name the town Valencia? Because Valencia is taken. You're called Placentia. Placentia? Yeah, Placentia. Prosperity? Posterity. Posterity? Just get to the goddamn... So I so I tell the phone, phone, I'm going to the high school in Placentia. It's called Valencia High School. Let's go. So the phone says, okay, we'll take... Uh, you know, take Sepulveda Route 105, take 105 to 605, and then it tells me a bunch of other things that I don't recall off the top of my head. But it all seems to be making sense. But the phone, because I'm using the phone. Now, I have a navigation in my car, but it's easier to put addresses into my phone. So the phone, though, won't tell me what direction I'm heading. And so most freeways, I know what direction I'm heading. But there are some freeways where, and this is just kind of a Southern California thing, I hope nobody else does this. Sometimes, for instance, they'll say, we'll take the 101 east. And you'll think, but the 101 doesn't go east, it goes north and south. It, it gets weird like that. Where technically in this part of town, I suppose it does go east-west, but 99% of it goes north-south. So you calling it the 101 east isn't helping me. I think you mean north. So I like to know what direction I'm going because I foolishly think that I have some sort of sense of direction. Now, most of the time I kind of do. But I keep, so I'm driving, I'm driving and I'm listening to podcasts. And I keep getting this feeling like, you know, I think I should be there. By now, I went out there last year and none of this seems familiar. But you know what? It really depends on what way the app is taking me, right? It could take me a random way every year for three or four years and I'd never go the same way and I'd always get there. So I'm driving and driving and it keeps telling me, you know, coming up is this exit or whatever it's, you know, and I'm following. But then it does get to a point and maybe I was too intent on my podcast. I, I think I was listening to something about maybe it was something weird. You know what I mean? Like uh, a guy was like arrested for embezzlement and then he ended up being sent to a prison, but the prison was full of lepers. And so he basically lives in a leper colony. So I'm listening to this podcast about a guy in a leper colony. And then I realized that the navigation thingy is just saying, continue to root, continue to root continue to root. Now, I don't really know what that means. Basically, what that means is, uh, what? Did I miss my exit or something? Because continue to root. I don't know how to continue to root. I don't know where the root is. You know where the root is. You're the phone. You're the one connecting to the satellites. I don't connect to the satellites. I look at you. You connect to the satellites. So I pull off the freeway because I think, you know, I, I wonder if I did pass it because it does seem like I should be there by now. And by now I feel like I've zigged, it's zagged, I've gone south, I've gone east, I've gone north. I'm going right, I'm going north now for some reason. I shouldn't have had to go north very far. So I pull off the freeway. I think I'm on Route 57, south of Diamond Bar. I don't know why I'm south of Diamond Bar. So... 
I, I asked the phone, hey, phone, listen, can you give me directions to Placentia from here now? So the phone says, okay. So the phone puts me back on the freeway going in the opposite direction. So I'm like, okay, so I, I must have passed it. I zoned out. Leper colonies are very distracting. That's fine. So, so I'm listening now and I'm paying much more attention. And I swear to you, this is what happened. The phone says, exit in a quarter of a mile at, and I'm not going to have the, the names of these roads, right? But exit in a, in a quarter of a mile at Carpenter Road and then bear right. So in a quarter of a mile, there, there's the exit, Carpenter Road. So I get off at Carpenter Road. I bear right. Now I'm on Carpenter Road. And then it says, head east on Carpenter Road. Well, I'm so turned around at this point, I don't really know if I'm going west or east. I'm pretty sure I'm going west or east, but I don't know which one. So I have to pull over again because now the app is telling me to do a U-turn. Now, I could have sworn it told me to go the way I'm going, but now it says do a U-turn. So, so I have it recalculate. I do the U-turn. I have it recalculate. And then it tells me to get back on the freeway. I just got off the freeway. I just got off the freeway at Carpenter Road. And now it's telling me to get back on the freeway at Carpenter Road and continue to go south, which I do. Then it tells me to get off two exits down from Carpenter Road. So I do that, and then it keeps telling me, proceed to the route. And I keep screaming at it, I don't know where the route is, jackass. You're telling me the route. The route is whatever you say. So I feel like this goes on for about 20 minutes with me arguing and obeying with arguing with and obeying my phone. So I, I figure, Dan, you know what it must be? You never ate lunch. You were going to come down here and you might eat lunch with Hudson. And then you, you texted him. You found out he already ate. So why don't you eat lunch? Maybe that's your stinking problem. Maybe your stinking problem is you haven't eaten and you're losing your stinking mind. And you need to eat lunch. And remember when you got off the freeway at Carpenter Road and then you turned right like it said and you passed a habit, hamburger habit. You know the habit? Why don't you go over to the habit and get a hamburger and eat lunch? And then you can find Placentia High School. No, you can find Valencia High School in Placentia and it'll be easy because you're not far, I don't think. You're far. So that's what I do. I yelp, because I'm sick of maps at this point. I yelp the habit. It is um, only a couple blocks away. Now I know the habit, so I know what I'm going to order. I know how long it's going to take. As long as it's not like the one near us and it's super busy, I'm fine. So I go into the habit. Now you know I have a certain penchant. Penchant, penchant. Listen, I do like the habit because I like their burgers and fries. I usually get sweet potato fries. They usually have a Coca-Cola machine that also has caffeine-free Diet Coke so I can really manage my caffeine intake. And the uniform at the habit is tight, light blue jeans, and a polo shirt tucked in. And they tend to hire young women to work there for whom that is a good choice. 
they fill out the polo, they round out the light blue jeans. For some reason, it, it often seems to work out fine at the habit. So I go into the habit and I go up to the counter and I say hello. And the, there's a young woman behind the counter who is wearing, yes, tight, light blue jeans and a filled out polo shirt. And she looks at me and she, she gives me a big smile. Another train to do that. And then she says, hi, I really like your shirt. Now, usually when I go to the habit, I go up to the counter and they smile at me and they go, hi, how can I help you? What can I get you? Do you want fries with that? Is that with cheese or no cheese? Do you need a drink? Here's your buzzer, your order number 47. But this little young woman says, hi, I like your shirt. Now, I was wearing a white and blue striped polo shirt. I mean, it's not that great a shirt. I'm a little tired of it, to tell you the truth. But there was something about the shirt. Now, what I... So, so she says, I like your shirt. Now, what I said was, oh, um, Old Navy. But how it should have gone is she would have said, hey, I like your shirt. And I should have said, oh, really? You want to try it on? That would have been smooth, right? She says, I like your shirt. And I say, you want to try it on? That would have been smooth. But instead I said, it's from Old Navy. Now, granted, you want to try it on would have only led to I don't, nothing. It would have led to nothing. Now, in my now fantasy Dan, fantasy Dan, 17-year-old Dan assumed that in real life, things like that might actually happen and that he might actually say, you want to try it on? And that she would have said, my break is in five minutes. And then I would have eaten my hamburger and then let her try my shirt on in the bathroom. 17-year-old Dan thought stuff like that actually happened because 17-year-old Dan had read for him. Old man Dan is like, oh, I should have said that. That would have been funny. Damn. I did make it to Placentia High School. No, Valencia High School in Placentia. I did make it. I made it. I did make it. I did make it in spite of the apps map. Map? Apps? Fudge. Maps app. I didn't eat lunch today. I didn't eat it today. Maybe I should have gone to the habit today. What time is it? I got to leave soon. Okay. Now, of course, like an idiot, I don't really know how to get out of Placentia. It's called Placentia, right? Yeah, that's not the medical term. That's the town. Placentia. Gesundheit. So, so the guys and I, so I take home Hudson and his friend Anton. We um, aren't really sure how to, right? So I just want the thing to take me to the freeway and then I'm going to figure it out and I get turned around again because again, I didn't drive myself there. Back when I used to look at a map and then figure it out myself, I knew how to get home, right? Because I would remember the route. I don't remember just doing whatever the phone said. That You have to do that in reverse now. So somehow I figured out, because I had to take Anton to Santa Monica, 
Listen, you know what I'm going to do? If I can just get onto the 57, I'm going to go north because I know if I go north, I'll get to the 10. And if I take the 10 west, I'll get to Santa Monica, and that'll be fine and dandy, hunky-dory, that'll work. So that's what we do. We just get on the 57, we go north, past Carpenter, we get to the 10, we head west, immediately traffic. So now I'm kind of regretting not listening to the maps thing, because maybe the maps thing would have avoided a lot of this traffic. But now we're in traffic, and we put along in traffic. About to the time we get around where my other grandmother lived. So not my grandmother, the lunch lady, my other grandmother, my grandma Boots, Bootsy. Bootsy lived with Ducky, and my Uncle Bob in La Puente, California. It's near West Covina. Okay? I know. Th these are actual, these are not fictionalized names. My grandparents on that side, my dad's side of the family, were Bootsy and Ducky. Okay? So when I was a kid, whenever we would go visit my grand, that set of grandparents, they were uh, in La Puente. Bootsy and Ducky and Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob is visually impaired, so he lived with them. So we get to about La Puente, and I start getting a little nostalgic. And the guys and I agree that we're all parched and we need a beverage. So we get off the freeway in La Puente at Francisquito, and we find a jack-in-the-box or something to get these huge beverages. And I kept th threatening the guys to try to find where Bootsy and Ducky and Bobby lived. But we, because I, I think I'm really close. But the sun is going down and I'm feeling disoriented and I don't want to get into another cluster with maps. And I don't want to drop Anton off at midnight and tell his parents that, well, I was trying to find my grandparents' house in La Puente. <laughs> It's a cul-de-sac. It's called Bromley. I don't know how to get there. Uh, see, when I had the Thomas Brothers Guide, I could look. It was easier to just look on printed maps for me. Not anymore. I don't have the exact address, right? So it's it's just, we didn't go to Bromley. We didn't go to Bromley. We got big cokes, and we talked about going to Bromley to see where Boots and Duck were. But then we just went home. But we went home because, so we got back on the 10. No, we, no, no, we didn't get back on the 10. The 10 had had um, traffic. So I, why did I make this decision? Basically, I, I, I said to the phone, hey, phone, take us a different way. Take us kind of toward our house. And it took us literally towards our house. And me forgetting, because I was so enjoying my Diet Coke, that our house is you know, 10 miles south of Anton's house. So we basically went back to LAX and then had to go back up to Santa Monica, but I didn't care because we got there. And we didn't even have to take Carpenter Road once. So, and in conclusion, I want to see how long we've been talking. Okay, now this will time out perfectly with my Exit. Okay, so we got about 15 more minutes-ish. So, so um, you've heard me mention Lance Anderson on the podcast many times over the last 11 years. So Lance Anderson is a storyteller, pioneering podcaster, leathersmith, 
video, music video producer, uh, whatever, and a good friend, and has been uh, for for many years. So I, I, you know, brief history. Lance and I met years ago doing stand up. Um, kind of got the impression early on that we were kindred spirits, in that I think we were both a little dissatisfied with just straight up stand up. But um, he got more into storytelling. I ended up directing a couple of his shows. And then he was the first person that I talked to once I started um, podcasting. I kind of kept it to myself locally, to tell you the truth, early on, just because I was like, I'm doing this weird thing and no one knows what it is and blah, 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 you know. But then I said that I had to tell Lance very, very early on, hey, there's this thing called podcasting and people are downloading these mp3s and they can subscribe and it's this whole thing and i think it could get big man i don't know it looks like this could really turn into something and he got it right away and you know i think january of 05 started podcasting so fast forward to a couple of weeks or months ago or whatever it was and i was listening to his podcast the verge of the fringe and um I don't really remember what he was talking about. It was some historical thing. Maybe it was, he recorded one, maybe it was this one. He recorded one about Adam Curry. Now he wanted to make sure that as history gets written and rewritten, that Adam Curry's significance in podcasting doesn't get lost in the shuffle of all these famous uh, comedians and NPR shows. That Adam Curry and his enthusiasm was paramount. Not, not Above and beyond his technical like the the details of him and technically conceive of it's right but i'm talking about adam curry as an engine as a charismatic figure as a pied piper of podcasting in those early days that was putting out a daily really well produced show that we could all look at and listen to and go wow this this could actually be something this sounds like real media in this form delivered in this way so I think Lance's point was, you know, let, let, let's let not lose sight of the history of, of podcasting as articles get written every day about the new pioneers and these pioneers, you know, have only been at it for three years or five, right? right? Okay. And I got where he was coming from as somebody who literally wrote the, one of the history books, all right, the history chapter, it was a very short chapter. But one of the things I did say in that chapter, and I was only half joking, was history goes to those who write the history books. And I stand by that. So one of the things Lance said on his podcast was, at least I think he did, that this is how I've written the memory of it, uh, blah, 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 something about how he wishes he had a Wikipedia page. Now, Lance is all over Wikipedia. The history of podcasting, the history of the L.A. podcasters, which was, uh, you know, started as a meetup group, but, but was for a very long time the L.A., uh, you know, uh, consortium. I don't, I don't even know what term to use for, for podcasters in L.A. Now, um, it kind of has in a way run its course. Somebody else started using that term apparently she didn't know how to uh, google <laughs> things i think she would have you know it was like oh really you're la podcasters that's cute um she's been forgiven but um anyway so here's so so long story short short story less filled with tangents so i i 
could have sworn that Lance, maybe in passing, maybe very explicitly, I don't recall, said I, he wished he had a Wikipedia page. Now, Lance had a birthday coming up. And so I wanted to make for Lance, for his birthday, a Wikipedia page for him, because that's how it works. I don't think you're supposed to make one for your... I don't, there are all these rules, but Wikipedia. You're not supposed to make one, I think, for yourself. People will ding you if you put too much stuff in there that makes yourself look weird, you know, look good or whatever. I don't know. So I wanted to take it upon myself to, to figure that out. And I looked into it and it's, at first it's tricky. It's not, a, I mean, I'm not that good with code anyway, but it does require a little bit of formatting that you've just never seen. So it takes a while of staring at it to kind of get a feel for what you're supposed to do. But as we did in the early days of podcasting, looking at RSS feeds, I just kind of stared at it and started cutting and pasting and wherever it said somebody else's name, I would put Lance's name and where their links, I would put his links and their, his references, their ref, right. And, and kind of cobbled together this page for Lance. Now it was fairly simple once I figured out what I was doing, because Lance, like I say, he's all over Wikipedia and various little places. So I would just copy the code from the other places because Wikipedia, although it has copyright rules, right? You can't use other people's work in Wikipedia. Wikipedia itself is Creative Commons. So my thinking was, well, why, why would I rewrite this? It's already in Wikipedia. I'll just copy it into the Lance page from the LA Podcasters page or from the History of Podcasting page or from the thing about the whatever it is, right? So I do this. And on Lance's birthday... I am able to send him a link to the Lance Anderson, in parentheses, podcaster, Wikipedia page. And I'm so happy. I can't wait for him to get it. I can't wait for him to write me back and let me know he saw it. I'm sure he's going to be so happy, I think. I don't know. So So there's this page. It's on Wikipedia. It's Lance Anderson, right, in colons podcaster. And it says, you know, Lance Anderson is an American podcaster and storyteller, best known for Verge of the Fringe podcaster and being the founder of the LA podcasters. And then it goes on to describe Verge of the Fringe and uh, how he went to England to uh, speak at Cambridge and how he did a live podcast, probably, probably the first live event that was created to be podcast. He did a tour of England recording these podcasts or something. It's like all this stuff. LA podcasters, blah, blah, blah. And these people, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I'm feeling really good about it. He writes me, Dan, I saw your thing. Thank you so much. Uh, really means a lot to me. Blah, blah. So I was so happy. I was so, so happy because I feel like I actually did something. I made a Wikipedia page and I made one for Lance and he deserves it. And we're always, he, he gets very emotional about the history of podcasting because he feels our history getting, uh, it's just, it's disappearing. It's disappearing. So I thought that that was my little thing that I could do. So then I don't re remember how this next part of the story started. But we're on this thing that there could be something that Lance started again, Lance podcasting, but there's this thing on Facebook called podcast podcast or podcasting. I don't know. Artifacts. And basically it's a bunch of old timers 
and we post things like, hey, remember this? And it's kind of like a good repository of artifacts of podcasting. People take pictures of buttons from conventions or flyers from conventions or, hey, here's a screenshot of an old web. Remember this podcast review site or uh, directory or whatever. So somebody gets on there and says, hey, does anybody have any um, links to articles about Lance Anderson? Because his Wikipedia page and the L.A. Podcaster Wikipedia page are up for deletion by the editors of Wikipedia. If you get a chance, please check it out or whatever. So I'm like, what the hell is happening? So I go to Wikipedia and I look and yeah, Lance's page has already been flagged for deletion. And it says somewhere not not noteworthy podcaster. And apparently the LA podcaster thing. And then I realized that this thing that I've read that this guy posted on podcast artifacts he mentioned me now when i was when i was breezing through it i wasn't reading every word i thought he mentioned me because i made lance's page so i figure i must have screwed up and didn't do something and now lance's page is already getting right uh deleted and he's mentioning me in this post because i'm the one who made it and blah 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 so i read it again and what the guy said was that Lance Anderson's Wikipedia page is up is flagged for deletion, as is Dan Classes and the LA Podcasters. So so I go to Wikipedia and I look at Lance by the way, and I look at my page and my page has been flagged. And I look on the the thing, the notice, the whatever, there's a like a list of things and the guys and the guy put non-noteworthy podcaster. And that his, his um, you know, rationale or whatever was, most of these links are to personal websites and personal blogs. There's a passing mention in the, in the New York Times, Blah, you know. Well, here's part of the problem. So first of all, I think I started this whole poop storm by creating Lance's page. Because when I created Lance's page and I copied and pasted those things from Wikipedia, those links were old links to online podcasting magazines that are no longer online. So when this guy went to review the new page, he saw the dead links. And so where I think Lance's page has like five references or whatever it is, it only has like one to his site and the rest of them are all dead links to a podcast user magazine and something at Cambridge University and another podcast user magazine. So then I go to my page and it's the same thing. Like this link is dead. This link is dead. This link is dead because things come and go. Even big publications move links, remove links, put things in archives. Their sites die. Cambridge University has only been around for 10,000 years, but whatever this page is that Lance linked to, it's gone. And because Podcast User Magazine is no longer exactly where it used to be, Lance and I are not notable podcasters. And I feel like it's my fault 
for drawing attention to it. I've had a Wikipedia page on there since some listener created it, I think, in 2007. And now, what? What? What, what do I do? Or do I do anything? I don't know. So, so part of me, there's two parts of me. One part of me is was the fight part. And the fight part was like, okay, I got to fix these links. I'll find somebody's got to have podcast user magazine online somewhere. I'll put links up to that. I was on the cover of Beat Week or iProng or whatever that was called at the time. I, I'll somehow figure out a link to that. I'll link to the uh, Christian Science Monitor thing, right? I was in that a lot. The, that I, the, Basically, the whole thing was about me. That was in USA Today. I'll put that in there and that'll show this editor of Wikipedia that I'm noteworthy. So I did that. I spent an hour or two yesterday doing that, going through fixing the podcast user link, fixing, fixing Lance's podcast user link, looking up the New York Times, looking up Christian Science Monitor, looking up this, looking up that, trying to putting, putting old wave radio, new 80s music in there, linking to a podcast user magazine review of that. And then, then the other half of me just kicked in fully and was like, you know what? Time passes. And maybe this is just how it works. Maybe you used to be a notable podcaster, but now you're not. Because you're not Mark Marin. You're not Aisha Tyler. You're not Ira Glass. Yeah, there was a time when you had to check every article about podcasting to see if you were in it, and it wasn't a ridiculous thing to do. But that was 10, 9, 8, 7, 6 at best years ago. So how do we deal with history? And how do we deal with the biggest encyclopedia known to man ever, ever, ever? If that encyclopedia gets updated based on what's currently online. Is the past only relevant until the link dies? Is history only history if you can get to it on the internet? Is your contribution to the past worth nothing if kids don't remember that it was you? Because the truth is, they don't care. No one cares about anything. Except the really famous people and the Kardashians. Except for really famous people. We're living in a post-Kardashian world. And I'm not a Kardashian. And I never was a Kardashian. None of us were. We were little unknown people sitting in our basements in our spare bedrooms recording by ourselves. Adam Curry inspired me to do podcasting. And I like to believe that the people that said that I inspired them were not just blowing smoke up my digital skirt. 
And I like to think that those hundred of us or two hundred or two thousand of us that were podcasting before iTunes inspired Apple to finally jump on. They waited almost a year. And then the thousands and thousands that came after us. And then I I like to believe that all of us that were podcasting then inspired Adam Carolla to podcast when his radio show went belly up. And then he inspired all those people. And then all of us inspired Mark Marin. And then Marin brought in millions. But I think I'm at an age, both physically as a human and as a podcaster, where I've been shoved out the back door. Violently shoved out the fire escape to make room for the new people that will inspire the newer people. And the really, really crazy thing about it is I'm getting okay with it. For a long time, I wanted to put things into the world to prove that I existed. That was very important to me, especially like, for instance, when Podcast Solutions came out, I would go into bookstores and look for it because it was proof that I actually existed. And when I saw my podcast in iTunes, in the front of iTunes, for a month, I knew I existed. And so when I heard that the Wikipedia page might go away, I was worried that I would no longer exist. That my contributions would never have existed. But you know what? Is that so bad? Is it so bad to let go of the delusion that anything like that matters? I think it might be okay to just be a normal human. I think it might be okay to be forgotten. It might be okay. Listen, on a really... Like, no one gives a crap about this podcast anymore. To be honest, I just do it because I have this foolish fantasy that someday I'm going to listen to them and and, and turn them into a book or something. People, trust me, the odds of anyone other than you and two other people listening to this recording are slim to none. I should have started writing books years ago. I should have dumped this podcast years ago. There's a chance that when November 3rd of this year comes, it will be the end of the show. But why? Why would I stop? To to spite the few people that are listening? Yeah, maybe. That's irrational. Yeah. 
I do it to get it out, to get these words out of my brain so I can get on with my life. That's the truth. The real, real truth, the real truth is that I justify doing the podcast with Patreon. And I justify doing the podcast because I think it's keeping me on Wikipedia. And because I can, so I can say, well, I've been doing it for 12, this is my 12th year. I might be the first stand-up comedian in Los Angeles to ever do a podcast. I might be the stand, I, I might, I might, this, the, uh, uh, you know what, it doesn't matter. Because people ask me every once in a while, well, you still do that? Why do you, why do you still do that? Why, you know why? The real truth, the real, real truth is just because I need to get it out of my head. I need to tell these stories into this microphone. A couple of people listen. But apparently it's just what I do. Does it break my heart that no one cares? Yeah. In a way it does. Because I really think that um, if I, if I had taken the same amount of energy and put it into stand-up comedy, or if I had taken the same amount of energy and put it into books, that I, I don't think I would be just talking to you, me, and three other people right now but maybe I'm deluding myself it doesn't matter the truth is I do it to do it I do it to get these stories out of my brain so I can move on to the next one and I'm glad you're listening I'm honored honored that you're listening To just some guy sitting in his hot garage under the flight path of Los Angeles International Airport. Just some guy, not particularly notable, just talking by himself for 11 years. I don't know that many people that can pull that off, even if it is just uh, the outlet of my mania. This is what I do. And maybe I don't need the page as proof that this is what I do. That's the bitterest pill for this time. Uh, I am. I took too long to say that. I gotta get the hell out of here. So I will say this though. Here's something very interesting about Wikipedia. It only takes about one person to put a page on Wikipedia, and it really only takes about one or two people to take a page off of Wikipedia. And the crazy thing is, and 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 again, I'm I'm almost like I'm more worried about this for Lance or even like Dave Slusher, who. Dave Slu- Lance and I were having this conversation on Facebook and Dave Slusher chimed in. Yeah, they took me off. Dave Slusher is literally one of the probably first 10 people 
to podcast in the world. He's the guy that was the first one, as far as I know, to use the word podcast in a podcast. He is one of the very, very, very first tiny handful of people way before me that were podcast at the birth, the actual big bang of podcasting. And Wikipedia took him off as not noteworthy. My fear is that the people that are judging what is and isn't noteworthy about the history of something that I actually know about are people that don't actually know anything about it. And they're just going by articles in the, in the mainstream media. That's insane. The whole point of Wikipedia, I thought, was to not be beholden to mainstream media. Is there, there's clearly something about this I'm not getting. If I had the time and energy, I would make a documentary about the real history of podcasting and so it at least existed. You know what I mean? Maybe I'll do that. Maybe someday I'll, you'll give me a lot of money. I need about a million dollars. I'll do that. I promise. Okay. Listen, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. I really am late to go get Hudson. Oops. Oh, well. I'll get this uploaded as soon as I can. Uh, thank you uh, to all the patrons at Patreon who contribute to the show. I really do not have internet access in here right now, or I would just read the list myself. Who are they? I'll tell you who they are. Uh, who are they? Thank you to all our patrons, including Dave Jackson, Mike Hamilton, Harold Goldner, Flores, Tom Carroll, David Chase and Gerard Corchines, Chris Class, Scott Mercer, and Rob Houston. All our patrons help make the bitterest pill possible. Yes, thank you one and all and everyone that contributes even a tiny bit through Patreon. Uh, you are keeping the show floating. Um, next time... I don't know what we're going to talk about now. We might talk about the JPL open house. Tulu and I went to uh, Geek Disneyland this summer. Well, it felt like summer. It was actually this October. Anyway, I think we'll talk about that. I don't know. We'll see. Okay, we'll see. Thank you for listening. Uh, 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 this is Dan Class. not know the word, not, hi, how are you? This is, see, I can't even talk. This is Dan Class, unnoteworthy podcaster, recording this for prosperity's sake, posterity's sake, posterior sake, in placentia. Bitter's Pill is produced by Jacket Media, makers of fine podcasts since 2004.